Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Monday, July 18th, and I just want to remind everyone that voting is open for the 2022 Travi Awards, aka the Oscars of the travel industry. We are awarding the best and the brightest in the travel industry, so head over to TraviAwards.com to cast your vote. Joining me on the show later today will be not one, not two, not three, but four guests. Yes, and a first here for the podcast. I'll be joined by four others as we dive deep into the top ways for travel advisors to grow and improve. My consumer and supplier friends out there still want to tune in to gain insight on the life of travel advisors. But first, as we do for every episode, in case this is your first time listening to the show, let's dive into what has been trending in the world of travel in the last week. We begin first with news of the Biden administration deciding to extend the public emergency in the United States for another three months until at least October 13th. So what does this mean for travel? Well, it kind of sounds like the public health emergency extension is a formality that allows the government to have more leeway in implementing further measures. So I did speak with some advisors over the weekend, and the sentiment is pretty clear. Majority of Americans are kind of moving past COVID, and prices continue to be the main influence in travel decisions. So, you know, COVID-19 may not be the biggest concern among travelers these days, but it still is something that is a list uh, on the list of worries for many travelers out there, and understandably so. You kind of have to assess your risk and what you're willing to do and where you're willing to go and how you want to travel. You know, some cities like Los Angeles are even contemplating bringing back indoor mask mandates. So extending the public emergency may not have a massive impact on travel here in 2022, but it does show that COVID-19 will continue to play a role in decision-making, even if it is a small one for some or non-existent for others out there, which we certainly know. Um, But will it set the travel industry back even further? You know, that, that remains to be seen, but for now it doesn't appear that it will significantly hinder the industry's path to recovery in my opinion. But you know, if testing requirements to enter the country or mask mandates on public transportation return, then the industry is more likely to see a step backwards in its efforts to recover. I hope that we do not get to that. I know many in the industry hope that it does not come to that. And But who knows with everything that's gone over in the last two years, it's a wild, unpredictable ride that we are going on. And let's hope that we are progressing forward and moving in more positive directions on that. But uh, we shall see, right? Who knows? You know, podcast at travelpulse.com. Let me know your thoughts on that. And you can email me there. So over in airline mo- news, as we move that way, it was Spirit. Surprise, surprise, they postponed the merger vote again. This is the fourth time in five weeks is when they did that. So this is getting a little absurd. Just just vote already. I mean, get it over with, because it's kind of clear here that this thing is going to end up with a Spirit merging with JetBlue. So Frontier, as I mentioned on last week's show, they're not upping their bid any higher, even though Spirit Management might want Frontiers, what, kind of what it seems like on that side of things. The, the shareholders, the people who are actually voting, Uh, they're likely to go with what will make them the most money. And in these inflation days, can you blame them? So we shall see how that is supposed to shake out. I'm not going to be surprised at all if there's another postponement of the vote, but there shouldn't be. It should just, let's just go ahead and get it done. In other air travel news, the terms flight delays and flight cancellations have been trending extremely high on Google searches this year. You know, people are not very happy with the airlines right now. You know, as prices did rise throughout this early year. Uh, U.S. airlines are all pointing towards a strongest earnings since the pandemic and, you know, also having received government bailouts. You know, it's fair for people to be a little upset at things going on these days. And according to CNN analysis of data pulled from the flight tracking site FlightAware, U.S. airlines have thus far canceled over 100,000 flights this year, 30,000 of which have occurred only since Memorial Day weekend's unofficial kickoff to the 2022 
summer travel season, and you take a look at what they pulled together in the worst U.S. airports for delays and cancellations this summer alone, uh, mostly on the East Coast. So if you're listening on the West Coast out right there, you probably even not had too many issues, hopefully, when it comes to flight stuff. There are a few uh, in the top 10 that were on the West Coast, but predominantly mostly East Coast side of things. And the top three in delays was Chicago Midway, Orlando, and JFK. Uh, I know that's you know tough for Orlando. Thankfully, I had like a two-minute delay the last time I was flying out of Orlando, sitting a on uh, the tarmac there. Thankfully, it was not any worse than that, but I know some others that have had issues. That is unfortunate. And we move over to the top three in cancellations. Newark, LaGuardia, and Reagan National Airport were the top three on that. You can see the rest of the top 10 over on travelpulse.com for the roundup there. Not, I guess I'm not too surprised about Newark being number one there. I mean, I like anybody I talk to about that airport just absolutely craps all over it. So, you know... If you got ideas for how to improve the situation there, you, you can tell me. But, but I mean, I would love to hear your thoughts more than anything on that regard. But, you know, put your put your thoughts towards the people in charge over Newark because it seems like they need some help. <laughs> Still, though, you know, uh, many, many out there uh, forget or just don't realize, too, that U.S. airlines were trending down when it came to delays and cancellations, you know, pre-pandemic times, too. So U.S. airlines posted an on-time arrival rate of 79% in 2019, which was the third year in a row that that number dropped. 2022 might be lower than that, but it's important for people to remember, though, that these days delays and cancellations are going to happen every year, so you need to be prepared. It's never going to be 100% on-time arrival rate. That's just not It's not going to happen. I would love to see you know 90% be the standard you know, moving forward once we get past this you know post-pandemic era or whatever that we're, we're in right now, because you take a look at 2020 had like 84% and then 2021 was like 81% and obviously, you know, fewer people flying then and a lot of you know, less going on on that side of things. So uh, not surprised that the number went up, you know, following 2019, but you know, 2022 is going to be rough here. So here's to uh, hoping that 2023 will yield better numbers, especially during the peak travel times. So it is unfortunate, but delays and cancellations are a natural part of the aviation industry. So planning ahead will make all the difference as will using travel insurance and working with a travel advisor. Always key there. Plus, you know, airlines, they are working to hire more people, and they know the last thing they need right now is the continued narrative to be focused on all these delays and cancellations. So things will get better. Plus, it's it's not all bad in the aviation industry right now, too. You know, airfare prices appear to be on a downward trend, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. The latest Consumer Price Index report, airfare prices were one of the few areas to decline during this whole inflation period that we're seeing right now, the price of flights uh, f- fell down by 1.8% in June. So, you know, not a ton, not a ton, but it's better than no movement. And it's a hell of a lot better than any sort of increase on that. So fingers crossed, this remains a trend here and that the airfare prices will continue to drop. We all would welcome that with open arms. I know that. So moving over to cruise news, Margaritaville at Sea Paradise was on a brief no sale order last week. And all guests were disembarked from the ship and received compensation for the inconvenience. The interesting story here, it's just the U.S. Coast Guard placed a no-sale order on the Paradise ship after a problem was found during a routine inspection of the ship. Turns out the unsatisfactory conditions flagged by inspectors involved the onboard systems that closed the ship's automated doors, and workers were able to make the necessary repairs relatively quickly to get the ship ready to head back to the Bahamas. It's certainly unfortunate that the cruise was ruined for those passengers initially on that and they, the ones that had to disembark. But, you know, everyone did receive compensation. I think Margaritaville at Sea handled that very well. And these, you know, routine inspections, they are best for everyone involved. Better safe than sorry. Am I right? 
In other cruise news, the big story that dropped this morning, actually, adjusted the the outline here to get this into the show to talk a bit about it, is Royal Caribbean Group received court approval to purchase the former Crystal Cruises ship, the Endeavor, for $275 million. Ooh, baby, that's a lot of money. Uh, I can tell you I would not be buying a cruise ship if I won the Mega Millions and had that much money, but uh, I'm just one person. I'm not the Royal Caribbean Group. Wise, wise investment for them. We'll see how it plays out in the future, I think. Pretty good there, but the plan is to expand the Silver Sea Cruises fleet. The ship will be renamed Silver Endeavor and begin service during the winter 2022-23 season, exploring Antarctica beginning in November of this year. Crystal Cruises had markedly dramatic fall from the industry, spanning last year and earlier into this year when its parent company, Genting Hong Kong, went bankrupt. Its other two ships, the Crystal Symphony and Crystal Serenity, along with the Crystal Cruises name, were bought by A&K Travel Group Limited, which also owns tour operator Abercrombie and Kent. So Royal Caribbean Group will also protect deposits of guests who were originally booked on the Crystal Endeavor if they make a new booking, which I think is the right thing to do. So kudos to them for making that known and doing that. So that is it's quite a bit of moving around still taking place in the travel industry. And I wouldn't be surprised if there are more merger or buyout moves or acquisitions of sorts uh, at some point before the end of the year is over. I wouldn't be surprised if things happen again on that front. And that jumps us over to destination news now. We've got some positive stuff here. Anguilla lifts its pre-arrival test for vaccinated travelers beginning August 8th. And Belize ended its COVID-19 travel restrictions. So love to see that. If you're curious which places have recently ended travel restrictions, head to travelpulse.com for a recap. We'll be posting up there on that. And other destination news, one thing that really caught my eye last week was the Jamaica. They announced plans to create a new tourism zone for high-end travelers. The Revere Zone, as it will be called, will include coastal towns of Oracabesa, Port Maria, St. Anne's Bay, Runaway Bay, and Discovery Bay, and feature, quote, only low-density development. The Jamaica Ministry of Tourism officials said in a statement saying, um, quote, this new zone will be supported by additional nonstop air service flying directly into Ocho Rios, providing easier and more direct access to this beautiful region of our island, end quote. That was from Edmund Bartlett, Jamaica's Minister of Tourism. So the tourism zones establishment will encourage more travelers to explore areas beyond the primary tourist towns of Montego Bay and Negril. Um, officials did say that and spreading tourism proceeds to more people and businesses throughout the island. So I love this. I think this is great for Jamaica and great for the Caribbean. And I kind of expect other destinations to, in the region specifically, to follow suit and do something similar on creating areas specifically for the more affluent traveler. I love that as a non-super rich person. Um, I'm rich in happiness. We'll say that. Yeah, I feel good about saying that. Yes. And I hope you should too. Everyone should be rich in happiness, but rich in dollars and cents, uh, money sense, we'll say I do not have that compared to a lot of folks out there who would consider themselves an affluent traveler. But, you know, if they want to be off in their own area, I'm cool with that. You know, more more for me over in the, the regular folks area, we'll say. So let me know your thoughts on that. That wraps up what has been trending in travel. Any additional thoughts on that or any of the stuff we talked about? There's a lot of stuff we didn't get to talk about, too, because there's always so much news in the world of travel. So drop me an email, podcast at travelpulse.com. Love to hear from you folks out there. And if you could leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, I would greatly appreciate it. So now let's jump over to our interview segment and the theme of this week's show. And now joining me on the podcast is four lovely guests to help break down today's theme on how advisors can get 
better. So first, welcome to the show, Trey Tracy, Senior Travel Advisor with Magnolia Travel Group. Welcome. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate you having me on today. Absolutely. Second up, welcome to the show, Nikki McGregory, Travel Event Specialist for Nick of Time Travel. Happy Nick Day, everybody. Thank you for this awesome opportunity. Wonderful. Thanks, Nikki, for joining. Next, welcome to the show, Jennifer Cruzy, Associate Director of Trade Recruitment and Engagement for Travel Weekly. Hi, Eric. Thanks so much for hosting us all. Absolutely. And lastly, welcome to the show, Catherine Shaw, Marketing Director, Events for North Star Travel Group. Hi, Eric. Really excited to be here today. We've got a great group here, and we're going to be discussing some very important stuff that all travel advisors should learn more about here. So we're going to get it started right off with the first question for uh, Nikki and Trey first. So uh, what is the best way for travel advisors to grow and improve? Nikki, let's start with your thoughts first. Of course, by attending live events like Cruise World. And I'll have to echo what uh, Nikki just said. Uh, uh, These live events are the best way to go, and um, I'm looking forward to going to Cruise World here in a few months. Yeah, there's no other conference like it. Yeah, there are a lot of events out there in the industry, and it's important to get you know that one-on-one connection and face-to-face with a lot of people because it's been a while too since a lot of people have been you know face-to-face. Would you guys agree, Nikki and Trey? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. You know, everything's been kind of postponed the last two years, and all these conferences are coming back, so it's an exciting time to learn for sure. And Cat, can you tell us a little bit more about Cruise World for anyone listening that does not know about Cruise World and its uh, big programs that they offer? Yeah, so Cruise World is taking place this year, November 2nd through 4th in Fort Lauderdale, Florida at the Broward County Convention Center. And uh, Cruise World is comprised of multiple different components. We have general sessions where we hear from industry leadership, CEOs, presidents, sales and marketing professionals. We have workshops where we hear from uh, travel advisor peers. There, there's a lot of uh, peer-to-peer learning that goes on at Cruise World. And uh, then we also have a one-day exhibitor, showpa- exhibitor showcase where you can walk around the trade show floor, meet with different suppliers. Uh, we'll also have ship tours coming back this year. And then a really fabulous part of Cruise World is our partially hosted uh, star program, which I will let my colleague Jen uh, talk a little bit more about. Thanks, thanks, Kat. This the STAR program, or we call it, it's an acronym, the Select Travel Advisor Recognition Program is a partially hosted opportunity for um, for advisors to help help offset some of the expenses it, it, it incurs. We know it's an investment for you guys to attend these events. So the STAR program kind of picks up a little of that, that burden um, while also immersing advisors into a VIP experience. So all of those great things that Kat just described about the conference itself, we add to that for our STAR program participants by means of um, by means of just a, a little special touches on site, but we also have a, a virtual program that happens the week before where it's exclusive to our STAR program participants and they are um, enrolled in a series of like small group roundtable presentations. And then we have two days where they open their schedules up for one-on-one meetings with all of our participating exhibitor supplying partners. So they get that one-on-one time. You make the real connections that sometimes it's a little harder to do when you're on the exhibit hall floor. It's a forever contact. Um, it, it's really great. We've had such success with this virtual platform where no one's rushed, you're focused, you're talking to each other about all sorts of things. And you get exposed to a lot of suppliers who you may not, think you're interested in connecting with, but we find that those kind of connections actually end up being some of the best, the unexpected, um, the unexpected value you get from participating in these one-on-one meetings. 
one-on-one meetings are so important to the travel industry and in its growth and its success too. So it's important to, you know, make sure you're at these events too and taking the time to connect with the one-on-one. And I understand Trey and Nikki, you guys both did the STAR program previously. So uh, started off, Nikki, how was participating in the STAR program helped advance your career? Well, at the, 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 the STAR that I went to was 2018, I want to say. And that was the, um, I was just becoming a new agent that was my first time attending and i really appreciated it i was also chosen for the fort lauderdale fam so i got to learn more about fort lauderdale so that was great that that was before the um before the cruise world event um i met some great people i made some great connections i I have like a travel a group of travel agents that I work with and three of them I met at cruise world and we talk on a daily basis. They're like my squad. I, um, I enjoyed the one-on-ones. I enjoyed, um, who was there? Um, Jennifer, um, Pitbull was there last time <laughs> that I went. So that was like, okay, y'all doing big things. Y'all doing big things. But the one-on-ones was great. I love putting faces to names. And just the overall interaction with other travel agents to see what's going on in the community. I also was chosen by Richard D'Ambrosio and D'Ambrosio to do a um, an interview in his publication, and I was also chosen by Short Trips to be in one of their ads. So that was a good thing for me. I, I, I gained a lot from that experience. Really cool. Well, Trey, how about you? Uh, well, first for, for me, I think the biggest part that I get out of these conferences, such as Cruise World, is the actual networking aspect. You know, there's a lot of great things you get out of the workshops and meet with these suppliers, but it's that whole networking aspect that you get that you just can't get doing a webinar or trying to do research online. So uh, for me, my first trip to Cruise World was in 2019. Um and, and prior to that, probably 50% of my uh, travel business was focused on cruises. And so coming out of that, we all know what happened a few months after the last Cruise World 2019, uh, the travel industry turned upside down. So I felt like the knowledge that I gained at Cruise World, along with all the connections I made, helped me navigate uh, that slippery slope of COVID and all the cancellations and things like that, that um, when we're having to deal with cancellations and getting our clients' monies back and all that, I felt like had I not gone to Cruise World and gained a lot of one-on-one with suppliers and cruise line executives, I would have had a whole lot more of a difficult time helping my clients. So for me, the biggest part uh, of these conferences is the actual networking and meeting these people that we see and hear from all the time, getting to meet them face to face. Absolutely. It's extremely valuable to be able to talk to people face to face. And we learned that so much more too with, you know, the pandemic and, you know, Zoom can only do so much, you know, and I I do love Zoom and its usefulness and, you know, same with Teams and Google Hangouts and all, all the video service platforms you can connect with people that way but it just it's not the same as being there in person talking with people and you know you, like Nikki mentioned you might have some uh, surprise entertainment that goes along and you can network through that in the cocktail hours or the dinners or you know while you're watching Pitbull or who knows what other you know inter- surprise entertainment I, I think all um, events should have some sort of cool 
uh, surprise entertainment. That's just my big takeaway from that. But I mean, it's tough to to top Pitbull and and in-person concert and things like that. So certainly a big takeaway from that. But I do want to segue, Jen, you know, go back to the star program that you were discussing a little bit. What about this year? What are the requirements to apply for the star program this year for the advisors listening right now? Well, I'm just going to preface by saying Pipple um, is busy this week, this year. He, he's not going to be attending Cruise World. Um, but yeah, it's not an every year thing. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> as far as the, I don't want to mislead anyone. Um, as far as the STAR program goes, you know, it's very unique as it's it's not targeting specific agents who are very established and have an enormous book of business. Like Nikki said, when she first came on board, she was relatively new. You know, and we liked, we like to look at these promising and developed agents who have kind of got their infrastructure in place and they're really ready to kind of grow. Um, also, of course, we include established advisors. So, you know, if you are serious about growing your business, you're serious about your business itself, um, you've kind of, you know, you've, you've taken some time to give some thought to how you're going to set your business up and where you want to go, we encourage you to, to apply to the STAR program. And that, moving forward to the established agents, if you want to explore different venues, and, you know, and we don't want the name to fool you because Cruise World is not just about cruise. It in- incorporates tour, advi- uh, tour operators, um, professional services, there's insurance, you know, the, it's, the, the gamut is, is wide and broad of who's going to be attending. Um, so, yeah, if you're, if you're interested in coming to the event, as a VIP star, I encourage you all to go to the Cruise World webpage, which is www.cruiseworldshow.com. There is a link for the star program there. And yeah, just submit your application. I will say that, that you know, one of one of the stickler points of qualifying for the star program is because we focus so much on that relationship between the supplier and the travel advisor, we do require a reference. So we want to we want to hear from someone that you've worked with in the past um, who can support your application. So yeah, whatever it's open, you know, it's open to full time travel advisors. Yes, absolutely need those references. They're they're key to the your growth in the industry as well. And this star program sounds like something that you know, if you're interested in it, I definitely recommend you head over to that website and apply. But for Trey and Nikki, I would like to hear a little bit more from you guys and why would you recommend this program and event to your fellow advisors out there and your supplier colleagues? My opinion, anybody who sells cruises needs to go to Cruise World. And and like Jennifer said, it's not just 100% all about the cruise industry, but that is a big focus on it. Um, first of all, the little workshops and the little training classes, one of the neat things about that is it's not necessarily some executive teaching that. It's a lot of the people that are in the same boat, no pun intended, that I'm in. It's another advisor that's teaching some of these workshops. So you're getting that knowledge there, um, but getting to see a lot of these suppliers that, again, that a lot of us in the industry work with that may not get to see one-on-one. I will say it's like a lot of conferences I was um prepared for the 2019 conference to say be prepared to be blown away when you leave that conference you're just going to be uh, ready to go and sell cruises and and sell the market and it's like drinking out of a fire hydrant you get so much information out of it and for me it just really re-energized my momentum about wanting to sell travel and specifically on the cruises So, but also by being a part of that STAR program and getting to meet one-on-one with a lot of, uh, I guess, executives and and what I would call pretty important people in the industry, I get that genuine sense they want to hear from me. It's not like this is a fake thing. They are wanting to hear our feedback because after all, we are the advisors, we are representing their product 
And <laughs> truthfully, they want to keep us happy because we're selling for them. Can't encourage this program enough, uh, not only the Cruise World, but also the STAR program. Uh, honored to have been chosen again. So I'm excited to get to participate. And I know coming off a two-year kind of hiatus with this, it's going to be great, a great program again. Okay, for me, anybody that knows me know that I'm about my brand. And the information you receive and the connections you make at Cruise World are invaluable. You get to meet the cream of the crop of advisors and you get to reconnect with advisors that you haven't seen in years. And you all can, like like Trey say, networking is key. Networking is everything. So that's, is, that's what I will use um, this experience. That's, this is what I use that experience for to network, to meet the cream of the crop, let them know that I'm the cream of, cream of the crop of my brand and we all can make money. That's what we are here to do, right? Make our clients happy and make our money. Indeed, I love that. So it just uh, curious, you know, for our uh, consumer listeners that are tuning in right now on this stuff, I'm curious, you know, this is for the group here. What do you th- Why do you think it's important for regular travelers out there to work with an advisor that is out and attending these conferences and, and doing all this networking and stuff? It's important for travelers to work with advisors who attend these conferences because it shows we, we, are, we have a vested interest in our brands, which in turn means we have a vested interest in them. We attend these events to make our businesses better, which in turn makes us better advisors. Eric, I'm going to ask that answer your question with a question. Would you want to work with a service provider who never strives to continue furthering his or her knowledge? And I feel like we in the travel advisor industry, we've got to continually doing that. Travel trends are constantly changing. Uh, we certainly know that as a result of COVID. And so a travel advisor to be truly successful, they have got to continually learn. And they may think they know everything about a destination or about a supplier, but that moment we stop learning, we get complacent. And that client out there wants somebody who's constantly fresh with ideas and about that information. Uh, real quick, if I may, I want to tell a quick funny story about the 2019 when I was last there. By part of the whole networking aspect was I got to meet Adolfo Perez, John Cerneski, and a few other key executives from the cruise line and getting to take pictures with them. And of course, I used that to my advantage and, and promoted that on my social media when I got back home. And a few of my clients were like, whoa, he actually got to rub elbows with some pretty important people at the cruise line. This is somebody I want to work with. So again, it's getting out there and continually learning, making those connections, showing our value is what these uh, clients are looking for. I love that. I think that's so important too. And I think you just opened up a whole lot of photo opportunities for these executives at this uh, upcoming Cruise World for sure. So we know it's not all about Cruise World. This has been predominantly the talk here, but there are lots of other live events out there and conferences that are taking place. So Kat, I want to kick it to you first. And then, you know, Trey and Nikki and Jen, you guys can talk about some of the other ones you like. But what are some of the other conferences out there that advisors and suppliers should be consider attending and put on their radar for, for the rest of 2022 and, and looking ahead to 23 because you should be planning that far in advance now. Yeah, so there are lots of industry conferences out there that uh, you can give your time to and your time is very valuable. So you really do have to choose wisely and choose what is right for you. So for advisors that maybe are not available to uh, participate in Cruise World because you know they're, they're busy on FAMs or hosting um, trips, 
we have our GTM conferences, which stands for Global Travel Marketplace. And these conferences, they, it takes place uh, twice a year, once on the East Coast and once on the West Coast. Um, and they are one-to-one appointment conferences. And they're for travel advisors who do a million dollars or more in sales annually or own an agency with a million dollars or more in sales. Uh, So for 2023, because we have um, wrapped the events for for 2022 already, for 2023, uh, GT is taking place May 4th through 6th, um, and GTM West is taking place July 11th through 13th. So we open applications for uh, those conferences around January, so keep an eye out for those. And then we also have our Future Leaders in Travel Retreat, uh, which is for travel professionals on both the advisor and supplier side who are under the age of 37. So it's really meant to foster the next generation of leaders within the travel industry. Um, And the content and the networking activities are very intimate and it's a very small group. Um, So it really helps people build those connections that they will have you know, for the rest of their, uh, their careers. So those are just a couple of the other conferences that uh, we think all advisors should have on their radar, either for, you know, this year or for, um, for the upcoming years. For sure. Trey, Nikki, any additional one? Yeah, go ahead. Sure. I'll say for our agency, Magnolia Travel Group, we're located in Mississippi. So Delta Airlines is our primary air carrier here in the state. So that naturally means that Delta Vacations is one of our biggest suppliers. And they do a phenomenal conference every year called Delta Vacations University. And this year it's in towards middle September in Atlanta. Uh, Like everybody else, they took a couple of year hiatus with COVID and not being able to do anything in person. So for us, it's a similar format. You get to go to the, all these little workshops that are specific to destinations that you can book through Delta Vacations. They have a trade uh, show where you get to meet with suppliers, and then you get to meet with your uh, sales team. So Delta Vacations University is another great one, and they put on a top-notch conference as well. I'm going to say the Las Vegas um, Travel Agents Forum. That's going to be next March. March 31st through April, what is that, April 2nd, I think it is. So I'm looking forward to that, but that's the one I'm going to attend. Excellent. Yeah. And I, I've got to give a shout out to ASTA, the American Society of Travel Advisors. Their conference is in August of next uh, next month, and they're actually doing it in um, San Francisco this year and then Puerto Rico in, next year in 2023. So that's always a big one for the industry too. And then obviously, yeah, like um, Kat said, Global Travel Marketplace, GTM. I'm looking forward to attending my first one next week. So if you are thinking about that, you know, for 2023, put that on your radar for sure. So a lot of great conferences out there, very important to the industry. So any closing comments here, final advice that you'd like to pass on to our listeners? We'll start with uh, Nikki first and then Trey and then Jen and Kat. You guys can end it up. Yes, yes. Please, please, please attend this this event. It is going to be great. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody, meeting everybody. And remember, Nick of Time Travel, when you're ready to book, you know where to look. I love that. Yes. That's awesome. (laughs) Trey, go ahead and and yeah, plug your, your agency and stuff too. I'll say again, you cannot, I cannot stress enough how much we've got to continually learn as travel advisors. 
Uh, we are no value to our clients for not building our knowledge. So we never need to be satisfied uh, with our current level. We've got to continue growing. And at Magnolia Travel Group based in Mississippi, our motto is you'll love where we take you. So we'd love to help you. Jen, Kat, any closing comments or anything you want to uh, pass on to our listeners? No, I just like to say, I think like more, more than ever now, um, consumers are going to be looking for a travel advisor just based on what the climate's been in for the past two years. And, and anything that you can do to be at the top of your game to appeal um, and, and show your excellence, like, you know, by attending Cruise World, of course, um, it's, it's only going to better your business moving forward. Yeah. And Jen took the words right out of my mouth. Just keep learning and keep doing everything that you can to better your business and make those connections. And, uh, you know, we hope that Cruise World is what you choose to um, do that through, but just keep leveling up your business. Absolutely. All wise words from everyone here. So I really appreciate you guys taking the time too. And if you're listening, you know, obviously get your news from travelpulse.com or all the North Star travel brands out there. Much love to them. So I appreciate you folks listening. And thank you so much to Trey, uh, Nikki, Kat, and Jen for taking time out of their busy day to talk all things travel and the important ways that travel advisors can grow and learn. So that's all the time we have for the show this week. Thank you everyone for listening. Have a great week. 